And we are live recording. Hello, Martin. Welcome. Hello, my brother. Thank you for having yes. me. So yes, good to, thank you. Good to see see you in in person, so to speak, virtual person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for having me. It's good. I was introduced to you by our friend Yvonne, Yvonne Skelly. So I've yes. never met in person, but it's just like I often say, we have a blood family and then our family is our frequency. We meet people who we just have a resonance with. We just kind of all of a sudden understand each other, which is powerful. That, that makes sense for what we've just been talking about just before we, we went live there is because so, I met Yvonne by doing breathwork, uh, taking doing breathwork in her her center. That's how we met. No, well, actually, I was doing breathwork in another center, and she was there, and we ended up then taking breathwork to her center. So that makes complete sense. I love it. Awesome, breath is life. Can you drop us in? Can you drop us in now? If anyone's listening, that while you're driving, obviously, or maybe you can be a driving breath. I don't know what. Can you drop us in with a little breathing exercise just to? Sure, sure. We get can... centered, grounded, and then let the conversation go where it needs to. Yeah, so I'll just first begin by saying like whoever is is hearing this is just to recognize that breath is life. Breath is literally life. It's the first thing that you do when you enter this dimension. It's the last thing you're going to do when you leave. But that doing is not actually something that we pay attention to. It is something that you can actually use and utilize. And it's the life force itself. So a simple... Um, process very simple is you can begin to use your breath consciously in beginnings and endings this is something that you could do it doesn't take any extra time doesn't matter what you're doing but if you begin by you get into your car you take one conscious breath you arrive at your destination you take one conscious breath so what's one conscious breath you're just inhaling and exhaling consciously you're just watching the inhale and watching the exhale that's it. it can take five seconds and if you bring this into your life and put it into beginnings and endings it's not like sit you're asking to be sat down for 20 minutes or half an hour doing some meditation you're doing the processes anyway but now you're bringing consciousness and breath into because we always have beginnings and endings continuous beginnings and endings so we can bring breath consciously in this way this is something that you can do some very very simply and it doesn't take extra time it doesn't take a lot of effort but the difference that this can make whenever one process or experience ends and another begins and you begin it with consciousness you begin it with breath it's a meditation on its own but it's also a reset it's something that allows you to um come into this new experience fresh rather than dragging all the baggage of all the previous moments before. So that's one very simple process I would um, offer. You can go into deeper processes, of course, many, there's so many ways in which you can use the breath. Um, it's the one life-sustaining force that we have, that we have so many variables of conscious control on it. We can speed it up, we can slow it down, we can hold it. We can use it um, to energize ourselves. We can use it to relax. And all of it happens without us doing anything as well. You know, it's the life sustaining force that continues regardless whether we have our attention on it or not. So being grateful for the breath is another very just simple, just once you wake up in the morning, you take that first breath, 
you haven't done anything, but that life is just going on on itself. So being grateful for breath, you know, that's another very simple way. So there are many different ways. Maybe we could do something a little bit later to take people on a process, but I like to start with the most simple, most basic, you know, the least path of resistance um, so that you can add it to your experience. So, yeah. Totally, Martin. I couldn't agree with you more. I remember hearing that from a guy in Perth, one of the first kind of meditation things that I went to, actually the only meditation workshop I ever went to. And just that finishing and endings, like before you answer the phone, we don't, I don't always remember, I'm just reminding myself here now, like before you answer the phone, conscious yeah. breath, start the new activity. Yes. Before you get out of the shower, conscious breath, finish that activity, step out, new, new activity. And it, instead of having one big long activity call a day, we have lots of different activities and it's just like, I'm even feeling that just dropping in more here. It's just like, it's so powerful. And and, and yeah. I don't know whether we, we're not grateful for it or we just kind of take it for granted, right? Because it's always happening. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said there about the path of least resistance because I found um, with the Wim Hof style reading and all like one morning specifically, I kind of woke up feeling like I needed a breath work. And then I just, I nothing in my body would actually allow me to do that vigorous breathing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. And I kind of was judging myself a little bit. Then I since learned like my nervous system is already a little bit overworked and underpaid here. Let me meet it where it's at. Let me just actually find where the breath is now. And then one. To, and I actually found myself lying like a baby in a fetal position and it was a beautiful breath work but it was very different to anything that I've ever experienced before absolutely and I, I watched one of your your videos just before we come on here and you talked about the intelligence um, of life force and you know not people maybe maybe people listening will think of it like this but that breath has its own intelligence and I know as a breath worker and I know that you know that breath has its own intelligence and it knows exactly what you need. It might be Wim Hof one day, but it might be just this completely gentle, soft, feminine love breath the next day. But if we push ourselves and especially for the guys listening there, we know, we know we like you could have done a completely different thing and pushed through and did the, the, the hard Irish man and just get on with it, get up and get on with it. And you've, you've actually, like you said, you've, you've done the opposite of what you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. because you know there's vigorous process but even in Wim Hof or any of these processes always to come back into balance to come back we stress the body and exercise and breath work and all these things but to come back into homeostasis to balance so you have to go yeah what if you what if you can go straight there like you did and laying in fetus position and breathing slowly but consciously it, it takes you there that's perfect. You, the intelligence knows, you know. Yeah. I appreciate that distinction. I really do. Cause sometimes it's like, yeah, sometimes you feel that that shoulds or that like, uh, but that's actually very layered. Like the diff, this will land with different, in different places. But if, if we continue to kind of choose the, the really hard breath and kind of the penile gland activation in a way, we're kind of avoiding that yeah. part that needs a cuddle or we're avoiding that part that needs to feel some some denser emotions or some pain or some you know and it can kind of become a little bit of an, an avoidance totally. or really. a bypassing right it can it can and i like i um it's funny we're, we're talking about it because like my the style of breath work that i was kind of given and introduced to um is very active and very powerful and active both on inhale and act and exhale and there's times that i don't feel like doing that as well and, it's, and there's times 
that I'm guiding people on this, and I, it took me a, a while on guidance in this, to, to recognize that there's sometimes people don't, you know, they will, like you just described, we could have a group of people, and we have a guidance of this active inhale, active exhale, which is different to most sort of styles. I know Wim Hof is like active inhale, yeah. passive exhale, like rebirthing. Um, but there's times that some people, they'll come, and within a, a single breath, they're just off. They're just off in their journey. They're in their place. No, the process is a, is a doorway, and it's not a prescription, and it's not it's not necessarily needed for everyone, and it's not even needed for anyone. Uh, uh, I love Bashar. Like it's per, uh, it's a permission slip. Everything that we do is actually a permission slip for us to experience whatever it is. Nothing is actually needed. We don't need anything, and we don't need to do anything. But the fun of being a human is we can do things and that, but it's really opening a door. That's the way I feel about it. So oh, totally, man. I'm actually loving it. I feel like that's, I feel like that, that simple little discussion there has took a lot of pressure off, but took, took pressure off someone on a journey of seeking yeah. or getting to know themselves. I just feel like, I just feel the weight that was removed from me there by kind of actually bringing that, to, yeah, like whatever it is, it's perfect. Yes. Because we can hear these statements all the time. And then when they really land, that's and the more they land, very, very powerful. Absolutely. And that's why for me, uh, the bit of the rebel in me, and I think you, the bit of the, that's what I really connected with you. I can feel the rebel in you as well, uh, is that when there's something very dogmatic or very prescriptive, or it's like, it must be done this way, it just doesn't work for me. I, 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 there's something in me that doesn't, I, I see a real benefit in, dedication and I actually really benefit from it as well dedication and a practice and um, continuing a, a certain practice and being dedicated and focused I see real benefit in that and there is a space for just complete freedom and uh, you know it's finding that delicate balance and uniqueness yes you know taking the gold and, and marrying different things from different perspectives and different genres and industries and everything and then it, it all becomes relevant and then it's just that discernment it's a big word for me of like you know right. it feels good or it doesn't like getting right back to the fundamentals of life like does that feel good no okay why how do you want to feel okay let's go for that yeah. and then all, everything that one shows up <laughs> exactly and you're you're distill all of your teachings all of your life experiences and you're going to distill it in a certain way that is completely unique everyone uh, i like to say is like we're multi-dimensional snowflakes we're all from the one source but it expresses in so many different ways and we've been you know humanity has been tried to be pigeonholed into religions into philosophies into beliefs into races all of these things all of these things that divide us into certain lines and boxes and we are just not that way so you will distill your whole life experience and every conversation and every trauma and every breakthrough in a certain way a certain perfume a certain flavor that is going to be completely different to to me or to someone else but the, like you said there'll be certain sense or certain frequencies or certain things that people hear from you or from me or from someone else that's going to um, activate something within them but it's not like they're going to follow this prescribed route of do this do that do the other our stories are powerful that you know like and i think this is what i i love and i resonate with you and i think this is that what irish in particular are so good at we we relate our personal stories especially in these fields 
with fun, with lightness, with laughter, but with sincerity. We're, we, we share this and I, I can feel this with you. And that's powerful. That really goes to the core. And I know you were talking about in your video about like uh, TV shows or movies that we've uh, watched. And this is something that I've done in my programs is, is identifying this in people's lives that there's a whole theme, a hero's journey in everyone's story. So it'll be the movie, it'll be that relationship. There's a hero's journey arc within all of our lives. And our stories are what like uncover that. And I'll see something in you, you'll see something in me, we'll see something in another um, that brings that out. And it's beautiful, it's fun. It's fun when you see that. Very, very powerful. It's very beautiful to watch, yeah. Absolutely. I want to go back now. I want to, I want to like, so this is, this is kind of enlightened, Martin, right? <laughs> take me back. Cause I know I resonate with the DJ and I resonate with lots of the messages I hear you speak. So take me back. Like what's Martin up to at 13 to 16, maybe twenties. Oh, well, I'll go a bit before that. I was born in uh, Northern Ireland, born in uh, 1979 in Northern Ireland in the middle of what is now known as the troubles, which is it's, when I think about that word, it's, it's, funny that it's called and it's kind of like a this moniker the trouble so all of the kind of violence and war and separation everything has born into that that's the first part of the the, the journey and I, I grew up uh, I stayed I stayed there I'm seeing so many similarities that I didn't, that I didn't know with us but um, it wasn't until late 20s that I actually left Ireland um, was 28 and I went to Australia because you mentioned Perth and I <laughs> um, that's jumping a wee bit ahead but um, yeah I was born there and so the Catholic Protestant divide and different schools different churches born into religion all of this stuff so born into separation and fear um, so around 13 14 it's funny that you asked that so that was yeah that's when the the journey of addiction started exactly 13 I think or 14 13 or 14 I think it was drinking um, smoking all the above. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, drink. I didn't like smoke. I grew up in a my parents had a bar. So 16 years, the first 16 years of my life uh, was in a living like part of a for 16 years they had the pub. So not for 60, it was 1981. Actually, my first memory in life is another connection. My I have very few memories from early, early childhood. So it's a good job you went 13. My only <laughs> Early of the same. This is quite common now for people on this uh, um, journey. But the my only memory that I can clearly remember is because I lived in Dublin for a year. Actually, my dad was a builder, and we lived there. And it was, and I have a memory from the house that we lived in there. It's my very, and it's just like a, a picture of a memory. Um, lived in um, Blanchardstown for a year while my dad there. But yeah, so born, uh, I'm moving. Uh, like where was the pub? Circus. Where was the pub, Martin? Where was, was that up north? Oh, that was, was abroad. I, I lived in the same small town for 28 years. Okay, Tiny, nice. Small village just outside there. So, um, and it was, so a lot of the towns and cities are separated by religion. And so this happened to be one of the ones that are like, vast vast majority of one religion just happened to be the one that i was born into um so completely separated different schools all the things i was talking about but yeah i was so my parents had a pub um so I grew up around that culture so it was just like couldn't wait to get into it and then that led into like yeah drinking smoking drugs everything everything i could get into um there was always a kind of a 
feeling uncomfortable in my skin. There was always a social anxiety, not being able to express, not being able to speak. Um, a lot of that, which I see is perfect now, perfect breeding until Until you are under the influence, would that be, would, would that be like, and then all of a sudden, and then, and then we feel that sense of connectedness. I, lo- I love this subject because we take the substances to feel connected and to have courage. So why yes. not just connect and have courage, right? Totally, that's what it was. And it, well, it dropped it. It dropped the inhibitions. It dropped whatever fears or you know you yes. yeah like you said the, the Dutch courage you get you get um, um, from that and um, at the beginning like everyone when you're young and when you're in that and it's that cultural thing it was just fun it was just just what you did um, yeah. but it started to get fairly quickly it started to get not fun <laughs> started to get I could see the I could see the downside, downsides. I could see how it changed. Like you talk about, you could get the courage, but I could see myself either getting like all like um, confident, happy, laughing, or I would go like dark and, um, you know, angry and maybe even um, violent at times, violent thoughts. And anyway, not so much outwardly, but uh, at times that happened as well. Um, so it was never predictable. And then so I got on, and then 1996, I know 16 years old was my summer of love um, when the um, certain substance came into my <laughs> field, MDMA. And this is what I was thinking about this yesterday. I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but um, that's the one substance that definitely had detrimental, it definitely had detrimental effects as well. But it was the first thing that actually the, po- the positives and the connection and the cosmic connection, the love connection with ecstasy was amazing. So that got me into club culture, DJ and music. Um, and yeah, just continued. I went in and continued on that kind of journey for 20 years, um, 13 to 33. I became sober on the 16th of March, the day before Paddy's Day, 2014. So now we're nearly be coming up on seven years will that be only 21 yeah um this this and so i'll never forget the date the day before st patrick's day so i became so but i that you know a lot of failed relationships a lot of uh toxic behavior toxic um like near in australia when i went to australia i ran away i thought i had all these troubles all these issues broken relationships i followed getting material stuff cars and all of this stuff all the thoughts things that I thought would make me happy and fulfill this kind of uh, empty space that I felt. Um, none of them did. Um, so then I thought I'll run away and I'll get, I'll go to a sunny place and then everything will be better. I had a bit of a breakdown before that, to be honest. I had a bit of like a kind of, I would say it's like I, I was definitely depressed and it was, it was kind of a bit of a mental breakdown, but I wouldn't have called it that and nobody, and I didn't talk to anybody about it. And even now I'm just, it's more with awareness now that I can see. Um, So I thought my uncle moved to Australia in 1981 and I thought, okay, I'm I'm gonna go there, get as far away as I can and it's sunny. And I realized I took every problem, every issue on every plane, train and automobile I got. And actually it made it a wee bit worse because (laughs) I know you'll understand this. Coming from Ireland, we don't see much of that big yellow ball in the sky. And whenever we do, we tend to think it's like a party. Um, so that would happen intermittently when you lived in Ireland. When I moved to Brisbane in Queensland, it was sunny all the time. So it was like summer all the time. So it was like drink all the time. So I ended up 
I ended up in fairly bad shape. <laughs> uh, liver damage. I ended up in hospital in New Zealand, and that was the final final straw. It wasn't the final straw, amazingly, but my liver just packed, like I was yeah really toxic in my body, really toxic. Um, Appreciate your honesty here, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could go. I could go a lot deeper. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see where it goes. But it was yeah. yeah. Um, uh, a love hate relationship with substance. And I was thinking about this other day as well. Um, I know I'm I'm done with substances. I know people talk about one day at a time and stuff like that. I know that date, that day was the last. I know that. I know that. that I know there's uh, that people disagree with you know the confidence in this statement. And I know and I understand the one day at a time thing. I, I know this. I know this. I know there's nothing. I went through every potentiality of the worst kind that you could think of that won't take me back to that. But I have transferred my addictions. I know that. I've transferred my addictions to social media. I've transferred my addictions to uh, my smartphone. Uh, so the substances are gone, but I've transferred those addictions. And this, is, I think, is something important to talk to as well. Definitely. I'm completely sober. I eat like clean. I have a healthy lifestyle. I'm completely there away, but I I have transferred them. You can't go to the jacks without the phone. Post. I was going to do that exact post today. I love it. I was going to do that. I totally resonate, man. I totally resonate on so many levels. And I just want to, before you go on, I want to just speak to the, I can resonate with the kind of perceived mental breakdown and the hindsight helps me so much here, but I can see now that I started to wobble. I'd smoked so much weed that I was 50 euro a day, roughly, right? So I'm like, okay, how much can I save if I stop this for going to Australia? So I stopped that. And um, I can see so much. Like, there's so much obviously wanted to come up and I didn't have the emotional intelligence to process what was coming up. So it was looking like vertigo or it was looking like anxiety or it was looking like panic attacks or whatever. And I had that same mindset. Once I get to the beach, it'll be good. The boys are all over there. I'm seeing the photos. It's amazing. Same brain comes with you. But there was nothing to grab onto. So there was no familiarity. So I think I just, it was like, whew, you are already starting to have that experience. And then you're throwing yourself into a whole new country, whole new culture, whole new environment. Mm. And it's only hindsight that shows me. And I just want to make that point that it's like, we seek familiarity. So even if we're uncomfortable and stressed, or we live for the weekend, or we party on a Sunday, Friday to Sunday, and it takes us four days to recover, as much as that's grueling and bearable, not comfortable, we know what to expect and it's least we can cling on. We can still cling on to the same three and one from the Cory shop or the, you know, whatever we do. And it's just, none of those things are there when you, when you shift your whole life over. So it's a whole new wobble that you put yourself through. What year did you go? 2011. My God. So uh, yeah, I was 2008, 2011. I was, it's like, <laughs> That's amazing. That was, just, that was my, that was the point. 2011 was the point where I, I think I'd ended up in hospital in, in Auckland uh, or maybe in 2010. So yeah. Wow. That's 2011. I think my thing's going two years at 11, then at a son and 13, then a daughter and 15, then another son and 17. So, but it was like a spiritual awakening. And I say spiritual as in I was awakening to my essence, my authenticity, my true self. Sometimes the word spiritual can put people off, but really a spiritual awakening for me was realizing who I'm not. And then having to figure out who I actually am. And that started in 2011. Wow. For sure. I know. Yeah. It's a good thing you say that because you might think it was all bad. I know one thing for me, 
that I know going to Australia was the beginning of my awakening as well. Uh, it was more around because I'd lived in this such a sheltered, um, separate, small microcosm of Northern Ireland and all the shit that went on there. It was the first time that I went out. You know this as well. Whenever we go on holidays, they seek that yellow ball in the sun. We, what do we, where do we end up? We end up in Irish bars. We'll go to Spain. We'll end up in an Irish bar. For, uh, to, we go to Ibiza. We'll go find out the, the Irish bar. We might go to the clubs, but we always, like you said, the familiar. We'll go for the familiar. We'll go to... I've seen Irish bars in the most random places in the world. It's amazing where you find them, but that's what we do. I, I know you resonate. Someone else hearing this will resonate as well. We, we look for that familiar. So it was the first time that I, of course, I spent time. There's in pockets Ireland. of Irish people all around the world going, looking around and going, Jesus, we don't know any Aussies. We don't know any Polish. <laughs> we don't know any New Zealanders. <laughs> exactly. Our, yeah. our best export. Uh, well, our number one export is our people. Our second export is the pubs. So the... Um, <laughs> like, yeah, so that was the first time that I actually got out of that because it wasn't just like, you know, you had so many different cultures and being able to meet people of different cultures. So my consciousness started opening up by just meeting different people, different foods, different things. So that was the beginning of the waking up. So yeah, it wasn't all bad. It was perfect. No, definitely not. No, I love that. I love that distinction as well. The newness, it can shrivel you or it can expand you. And that's one thing that I, I had to decipher. I couldn't really understand so much coming back from Australia. And now I see like the, the suburbs, the housing estates, how much coast, how like all the parts that we see in a pet shop over here are floating around outside your garden over there. Like it's just such a different world and it's so expansive. And even the, even the adults that you'd come across on site, like just very open-minded as a collective in comparison to, and then when I come back to Ireland, it's like I had to go through another apprenticeship with the grids here. I don't even know what a language lands, but when I came home, I just felt poof, plugged back in to where I left off. Yeah. But it's not me anymore. I'm now a dad and all this great, uh, I'll, I'll go on a party for three days. No, that's definitely not me anymore, but I've still, I've still done it. And I'm still feeling the shame of that. And I'm like, I shouldn't, it's just craziness what totally. a different country can do and the energies of it. Totally. it's actually messed it's messed up it was the same thing for me so that was i think it was around 2011 i came back and i said to you, it was like it still took me three years before i could because like i near i near killed myself in, in australia new zealand i drank like i remember that that time i ended up in hospital i went to fiji for six weeks and it was like literally every day morning to night for for six weeks and i felt fine and then i went to Auckland, and then boom the body shut down because our bodies are amazing miraculous things amazing things the abuse that we can put them through and they just keep coming back but this this time it it, it was like okay <laughs> i've had enough but it took me three years before um of more like it was intermittent after that yes. but i'd still have fall off the wagon you no know, stop off for a few months or whatever and then you know that pain or whatever would pop up i wouldn't call it the then i wouldn't have said it then i could say it now is that uh, you know that's what you would fall back that familiarity was like going getting smashed go and have a party go and do whatever takes you out of the normal you know thoughts in the head and the, all of that going on so yeah it took another three years even with that so but that was back at home as well so i went back and lived with my parents at that time at whatever 30 something years old so it was an extra level yes. <laughs> of yeah. challenge so yeah, I love this conversation for Irish men because there's nothing wrong with it. It's what we've been led to believe. Like we are all around the world, we're Guinness drinkers and spud pickers. Like that's that's what we are. 
Guinness. Oh, the Guinness. I actually didn't taste my first point until I was in Australia of Guinness. I was I was a bombers man, right? right. But it's just we're, we're known for we're known for different things, and I love this conversation. Can we we'll get to we'll get to now full circle of maybe why it was or what nuggets or what gold you got from mm. like what what we were missing because I think sometimes I think we're all sensitive. I've only seen a statistic the other day: men's hearts are bigger than females physically, they're physically bigger. Mm. So what's the actual difference? Like why is it so weird for a man to feel? Mm. why is it so weird or so like not weird anymore it's becoming more and more mainstream now but it's in the past and again it's no judgment to our fathers and their fathers because it really was the blind leading the blind i don't judge people for the information that they didn't have they were all only doing their best at the same time the big boys don't cry has been drilled into all of us like all of those little things like whatever it is i can't even think of anymore but there's so many that's drilled in that make it not normal for a young boy not even a man at this stage to feel so then obviously stuff like alcohol or even the nicotine hit or the or the grass which is all elevating the frequency and that access to mdna and love which you're now getting through breathwork right yes which you're now getting through which get more in your own supply kind of thing exactly the first time that i experienced that i was like what the well there's two there's two experiences (laughs) And I know we connect with this because this is another, I loved your act, acting like Eckhart. That was the one thing that just, just got me. The first experience for me was um, being given the book, uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, by this angel w- woman <laughs> that gave me, she, gave, she introduced me to Abraham Hicks, uh, Eckhart Tolle and Bashar. And all three had an unbelievable uh, effect in my, in my life. But the first one was that she gave me, she gave me that book. And I hadn't a clue. I've been through loads of personal development and fixing the body and I'd fix the body, fix the mind, but there's still something wrong, still something missing. She gave me that book and I read the first chapter and I, on page two or page three, I had no idea what I was reading, but something, it was like I was plugged in for the first time in my life. I just started feeling this wave of bliss, of uh, electricity, of, I, I can't describe it. It was felt like plugged in. Usually I cry when I tell this story now. So I've, I've come to a new point now where I'm like, because it was so profound. It was like I was plugged in for the first time. And then I was like, wow, this was what I was searching for all of those times. Then a couple of years later, I experienced breathwork for the first time. And then that was just a whole another level. I literally, I disappeared. I <laughs> disappeared. No, everything disappeared. And only love remained and I knew in that moment that breathwork was we talked about it before I was like I need to share this with everybody in the world I can't wait to get out there <laughs> everybody needs to experience this I need and, to knock on doors I need to stand on my soapbox I like I can't you know I can't even there's no words there is no words to, to describe what I experienced there and I knew and then this is where it gets a bit multi-dimensional uh, literally one day. so that was experience that was actually in Dubai I experienced this breathwork and then one day like I had this amazing experience but one day it was just this amazing experience and I woke up the next morning and I ha- was given this full download this full modality encompassing like what you talked about really resonant is like so many different modalities and so many different things but none of which i've i'd experienced or trained in. i was just given everything just this big download dump and i knew that I, that's what i had to go and do and i started doing it right away it was just it was incredible so many different paths like shamanic paths uh like using essential oils using like body work none of these things i had did 
but it was all just given to me. It was just there. It was like, it was just a remembrance. And that started the, started the path. And I, I did that for three years. That's all I did. I love that word remembrance. Yeah. Yeah. Getting so, plugged back in and then remembering. So it was, we don't learn anything. <laughs> we think we learn things, but we're remembering. There, how can, how can you teach? Unlearning more than anything, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything Unlearn- that you're not, you're unlearning that. Yeah. Like what you talked about in your video, the, the intelligence of life itself. What can you teach the, the intelligence of life? Nothing. It's hilarious. Life. From that perspective, it's actually so funny, <laughs> humans. That, you know? Yes. And that's what we are. <laughs> that's what we are. It's, like you said, it's yeah. perfect. It's unlearning that lets it through. It lets that infinite intelligence through. And that's everyone. Everyone listening to this, you are that. You are the infinite intelligence. 100%. That builds all of this technology that, but more importantly, the intelligence that grows the tree and that produces the fruit. But we focus on the tree and the branches and the fruit, but we're actually the energy that produces the fruit every year. And when we learn, it's like I'm learning how to grow the grow the leaves. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with learning. It's amazing. I love learning. I read constantly. I love that's yes. It's one of my greatest joys, but it's not, it's not actually that way. This book or, or this conversation, when we speak, it's opening doorways to something that's already there. That's what it is. It's not yes. adding something to us. It's like you said, it's subtracting the things that block what's already here. What do you say to the generalization? Because I know I was that guy and I, I still have aspects of that in me. But what do you say to the guy who generalizes? The average man, me, 10 years ago, who generalizes spirituality or multidimensionality or woo-woo. And like, just what do you say to that? Like, what, what's your thoughts on that? I would say I was, I'm, the, I'm still to this day, uh, I'll call, I'll say, I'll use the word skeptic now. But it's discernment. Discern- I used skeptic. Discernment is what it is now. I am completely, I completely understand you. I was completely, <laughs> when, that, uh, when that woman sent me the video of Abraham Hicks, you'll love this. I remember this video so clearly because it's an Irish man speaking to Abraham Hicks. You couldn't make it up. So when she <laughs> sent me that video, I completely disagree. I didn't believe it. I, I, I doubted everything. And I agreed with the guy who's the Irish guy and he's wearing a hat. He didn't want to be filmed. You might've seen the video. It's called the, the missing piece. He's the Irish guy. And he's got fine. his hat down, I guess. And he's got a thing. He, he's hiding his face and he says he didn't want to be filmed. And he has this amazing conversation with Abraham Hicks, um, questioning some of their very deepest, um, sharings. When I first watched that, I 100% agreed with them and believe and didn't believe what what they were saying then my experience turned 180 like so fast it's ridiculous so what i would say to someone who's hearing this i say i know i get it i get it and don't listen to anything that i say don't believe anything anyone else says trust your experience but what i would say is don't limit your experience to what you've been told trust your experience Direct experience is the only thing that teaches. It's the only thing that you can know. Yes. On a, on a, on a core level. It's like, because I spent so many time, so many years, like it wasn't breadwork for me. It was actually just information. I just wanted to share 
stuff I was finding on podcasts and the Les Browns and the Think and Grow Rich Rotten 1935. Like my brain couldn't yeah. comprehend why I was learning about stalactites and stalactites in school when all this information <laughs> yes. was here, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to share all that. But what it was, what, for, the, for the vast majority of that was just regurgitated, adopted beliefs and regurgitated information. Exactly. It's really when I start to experience more and more of my own stuff that I'm avoiding by sharing that experience is knowing. And then all of a sudden, these authors and these channelers, it was there was so much where I wasn't trusting myself enough. And it would keep being validated to me by another channeler or another author or another YouTube video. And I'm like, I just got to trust myself more. I really just got to express what's real for me. And I don't need to convince anybody of anything. I just express and let it fall wherever it lands. And then we are all connected. Like I love, and I've got myself to some universal truths now that are really embodied. Because even at the start of this, you know, last nine months that we're in the start of this, I was kind of saying, and I was having what I would call healthy arguments. And I felt like it was coming from a good place. But then I realized like, I'm actually creating some separation here. I'm making someone wrong. I'm, finishing off feeling like i've got a sense of like i told him or i told them the truth and i'm right but it's it's like why would i want to be pissing people off everything is so perfect and then how can you say it's perfect johnny in, in this time when we're all in well if you can reflect and remember what you're here to do well then it isn't it a beautiful opportunity to be in when no one's going to work and you can't go far and this Absolutely. and that you know it's just a complete another 180 I totally, I totally resonate and totally get it. And I've, be, I've been there and I'm been, and I still go, go back and forward to it. But like, there has been this, like, like you, there's just a, a deepening. And um, to, if we go to the deepest level that, you know, you, what you just said, like how we, there is only one of us here. There is no other person there. We're going very deep here, but there is no one else. There's only yeah. one intelligence, one being, and it's playing and it's dreaming as Johnny and Martin. And those people, people, I'm putting in air quotes for those listening in the audio, um, <laughs> that we're making wrong is just a part of ourself that we're making wrong. But we think we are proving a point, but actually we're just cutting off a part of ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have um, discernment. It doesn't mean that we don't see, you know, challenges in the world and and offer our energy and our perspective to assist that. But we don't, if we make it wrong, if we make it a fight, if we make it a battle, I know for me, uh, that battle only happens inside me. It only happens inside me. And whenever I'm at peace inside myself, no words, even these words here, they might spark something for people, what we talk about here, but no words teach your vibration or let's make it a bit more human your example is what teaches so you could someone could say how is it perfect now what we're in 20 we're in february 2021 now so depending when you listen to this you might think oh the world is crazy but your example of being balanced your example of being in peace your example of being happy or at least settled when the whole world seems to be falling apart is the greatest teaching you can ever give. And you don't have to try to do that. You're just being it for yourself. And if that someone who's losing their shit because the world is losing their shit will see by example that, you know, what's he doing? Well, why, why is he, why does he seem to be okay when everything else is falling to, falling to pieces? That's your example. You don't have to tell anyone that. And fighting it is not sustainable. Yeah. That fight, getting up every day to fight is not sustainable. It's, you're going to end up 
in bed for a week or you're going to end up like probably going mad. So it's like a deep breath, you know, a walk, a a, a healthy meal. There's always just one little action step. I think a lot of the time when I'm going into that scenario and that picture of the potential, it's just, oh yeah, all right, I get it. Everything's perfect, but then what? It's just like, just just one lit, just come all the way back to just one. Like what lights you up for the afternoon? I'd love to watch Braveheart. Okay, go watch Braveheart. Get your favourite soft whatever you know like and it's and then it's just one little one little action another little action and then all of a sudden you get to i don't know whether you resonate with this but this is how we kind of teach is like once you get a little bit of momentum as in you kind of experience the contrast you get bored of fighting you get bored of being stressed you get bored of being depressed eventually then you have a little moment where you have a win or a coincidence or a breathwork experience and then it opens up a new a new pathway or a new door and like you're saying, doors are like that. And then you just get a little bit of momentum on that. And then if or when you fall off the wagon, it's way easier to realize, ah, this definitely isn't for me anymore. And we can continue to just move forward. And then it sounds counterintuitive, but that's what's changing the world right now. That's what's happening on a level of consciousness. I think we're on the same page there. It's like one person in their joy, even if they're serving in the garage, pouring petrol into your car, not that there's nothing wrong with that job, but if they're in their Actually, joy, and yeah. they're enlightening or they're playing their energy game and they're tipping that scales of if there is a plan out there, then that, that, that plan is to keep people not remembering, keep people in their stress, in their fear, in their small self. Whereas the more of us that's actually opening up to our true potential, that's the game. That, that, that's really the game. And I feel like it's accelerating. Like I'm, the conversations that I'm having and the resonance that we're having here, like this is, the, this is paving and accelerating what's already been written, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and I yeah, I just you made an amazing point there, and I only like like that person at the garage or that person like working in a checkout who's the one person that's always happy, always smiling. They may be wearing a mask, but they're smiling through their eyes. There, they are the people what I would call on the front lines, and they are doing the real work. It's easy being with people that you love it's easy being with people that agree with you it's easy meditating on the top of the mountain it's easy doing the breath work in the meditation center it's easy to talk multi-dimensionality when you're in a live stream and you're you're comfortable with your room the real frontline work is when you're getting triggered and when shit's going down and your stuff's getting hit and the world's going on and the person that's in there i have the biggest admiration for because i know that's not my role and it's not my role because i couldn't do it i couldn't do it it's just plain and simple i know my role is a, a specific role but the people that are right there you could say in the trenches there's a role for everyone and i feel like those are the people that are doing the most challenging work and even i don't i don't use the word much but god's work or, or light work or the work of that intelligence and it's just like it takes people out of their fear. I do it. I, I play with this. I go into some shops and I, I try to make sure now, I actually don't try. I make sure now that I'm actually energized and I'm in the humor for what I'm about to face because it can get like, some ways want to murder you. I've yes. seen it. So I'm just walking around and I'm making a conscious effort to talk first, smile first, say hello first, and you just see the pop. If someone was judging you for not having a mask on or whatever, there might be a bit of judgment there. There might be a bit of fear there. There might be something on their mind about how many cases or whatever, but a simple question with, with energy can pop that. That's actually not a bad day, isn't it? And it's just that lights me up. I just really get excited by that, and I'm really, I'm loving that. I hope, I hope that that's conveying that that contrast is conveying of those two energies. One is wanting us to kind of shrivel and stay small, and one of one of them is really powerful and really uh, innate, and it's our birthright. 
Absolutely. And it's funny because, of course, at the time we're in now, 2020 and 2021 when you do that it's like that before was a normal thing and especially irish people we have we are just renowned for that and we just love you know we do that sort of thing now that's out of the ordinary because people are so afraid they're so in their shell like what you talk about your turtle they're so in their shell but they're so because they're afraid um and whenever you break that by just love by just kindness friendliness you're going to see you're going to see people shocked when I've seen it. I've seen it. People are just like, they're not expecting that. That's God's work. Like you said, that's like, that's the work of real um, where it's needed the most. You don't, in your meditation group and your, and your, you know, the people that get you, they're doing their own thing and there's power in coming together. But the people that are completely lost, that completely are living in their mind are receiving information from, mainstream media or wherever which is completely conditioned those are the people that need that chink of light but not to convince them that they're wrong you open the door like you did with a smile with a word and then that that at least opens the door you come with um the and i'll tell i have to be honest because like i speak what i need to uh, teach what i need to learn at the beginning of the last uh, last year about the masks I nearly got into a fist fight with a security guy because he, because he was. I'll be completely honest. I haven't even told anybody about this. Yeah. I was ready. I the rage and the anger that come up at me because he asked me. It was. It's mandatory where I live since March of 2020. So I, it's not like in Ireland. It's optional. It's been mandatory to go into shops. So literally to buy your food, it's been mandatory. So this has been a journey. But I literally was ready to fight with this guy um, around that. So. I got in touch with some anger and some very deep seated stuff and it was, it was good, but it didn't, it didn't feel good at the time and it could have got me arrested. Um, <laughs> so doing that in those places is amazing. I've, I've, obviously I've got a lot better now, thankfully. <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I'm going to I'll tell you a little story down there. I had an, inter, an altercation with two cops in Tesco's about three weeks ago, I ended up spending four hours in the cell with them. It was a very interesting. I didn't lose my shit at all. I kept the conversation on the level of we're all humans here. What you're doing is nuts. And uh, But I'll go back to that because the curiosity, when you're saying convince someone, I feel that there's some light workers in and around us here. And what I'm having the most conversations around is like, yes, I get it. You want your family to wake up in one years. Like you want your family to see all the BS, right? I get that. How about trying the approach of being curious? Create curiosity. If you want to really do the work, create curiosity. Isn't it funny, ma'am, the way, like just a different line? Because when you're convincing, it's like, I don't like being in that position where someone's trying to convince me of something. You can share something with me, and if I'm open or it resonates, I'll go looking. But to convince instantly makes me defend. It's just, it's like a defense mechanism comes up. So there's so many out there who I feel their heart, obviously their hearts are in the right place. And they're seeing and they're understanding a lot spiritually and consciously. And then there's a little bit of frustration around the people closest to them, who they work with or who are in their family. And I found that the best antidote there is if you being your enthusiasm, like you said, being that example and or then creating curiosity, like a curious spin on what you wanted to share, just a curious spin for fun and just see how that lands because it puts the head into a different place. It, it creates um, curiosity and the head kind of goes up and looks for their own answers whereas if you say can you not see this link can you not see this he said this and these, these crowd over here said this and it's like link and video and link and video and I say like if logic was going to work we wouldn't be here 
exactly. If, if, if the information was going to come across like in written form or in video form, then we probably wouldn't be in this situation right now. I completely agree. And I, I, love that. <laughs> I love that. It's powerful. And what I always like to share with those people, because I see them and I feel it. I, I've had yes. those same feelings is yes. I like to remind those people like, were you there one time? Were you in that place? Because I can, I, we could, we've just talked about it. Like not Absolutely. so long ago. I love that example. All the stuff that we're talking about was complete. I wouldn't be listening to this conversation in 10 years ago. Not a hope. I wouldn't have got past the first, the first words. So no one convinces anyone else of anything. No one ever. No one has ever changed anyone else's mind. No one has ever done that in the history of the world. Everyone thinks that they have. They might have done certain things for certain times with violent force and cajoled, but they've never changed mind. You'll only ever change your own mind by your direct experience. Yes, you can open the door. Yes, you can be curious, but it's that own being in their own time, in their own way, will come to that realization. And they might say, oh, something you said sparked that, but they, they changed their mind. Can you imagine someone coming to us 10 years ago and talking about what we're talking about now? I'm going to give you an example of that as soon as you started to talk. So when, you, when I used to drink, I used to drink a lot of Coke. I don't, I have the odd can of Coke nowadays, but I just I haven't drank any in years. It's very, very rare if I do. But my attitude as a young apprentice on the construction site, as a plumber, if someone says, well, geez, you're drinking an awful lot of that Coke or whatever, yeah. my instant response was, you can't hoard steel. Like there was no talking to me. Like I wasn't listening to a single thing that nearly anybody said to me back then. It's just like, yeah. I had my plans. I was living my life. I was getting my trade. I'm living for the weekend. I have all this stuff going on. I'm a cool guy. None of that's getting true. Yeah. So I just wanted to emphasize that like human yeah. as fuck. Sometimes I forget. And that's the kind of concept of this podcast. It's the street smart aspect, the rogue aspect. You couldn't, I went on this journey of, I often say this, I went on this journey of like being a kind of a rogue, rebellion, antisocial in a way to then kind of hitting the wall, feeling contracted, the traditional route, mainstream GP, psych, psychotherapy and stuff like that wanted to give me a drug with a barcode. So I went on a whole journey. Then I kind of found myself getting like too sensitive, finding myself in communities that I don't belong in, but I, I, I felt like that was my that was my go-to. Like now I'm, I don't even have a word to describe it. Maybe hippie come, come, comes close, but really it was just about going from one extreme to another to now finding that balance, like I'm not forgetting where I came from. Not that I did consciously, but I kind of went on a mad journey around figuring out all the things that I'm not. And then that word again, discernment. And now it's to the point now, if I really feel aligned with something, it doesn't really matter who or what doesn't agree with me because the, the instinct is building or the discernment is building. And yeah. that's what and I see for everybody eventually. Totally. And this is something in the, the programs, a few of the programs that I've done specifically Lightworker Launchpad was like, everything that you've lived in your life everything every community every mistake every um you know everything that you've um, experienced in your life has been a perfect setup by you by your higher self so all the communities you're in you know going from that community to that community experiencing this going to australia all, all the things everything has been a, and the movies and all the like what you talked about this is a big part of it all of the things has a story and an arc line in it and it's a perfect orchestration. When we're in our mind and when we're in our kind of victim mode, we think that life is happening to us, but it's actually always happening as us, through us. And everything has been perfect. And if we come to the spiritual, and this is what I see 
some people like trying to fill an ideal of a spiritual whatever and then they, they kind of forsake their roots and they say no that was my old life i do talk about it as my old life but i take everything i take all of the experience all of the learning all of the knowing i sit here and play like i could be talking one day about like um, ascended masters and the next day I'll be dancing around to ACDC it doesn't matter and I'll do that in a group I'll do that in a group with the same thing I'll have you know you know I don't forsake any of that I don't not talk about um, my depression and drugs and like all getting arrested and doing stupid shit because that's part of the I can speak to a person that knows that like we can hear and not talk about just all of this uh, spirituality and multi-dimensionality without without the grounded earthly experience that led to that. And people that haven't done their shadow integration are the people that try and push that away. And those people are having a very tough time now. And I have compassion for them, but that's what the world is triggering in everyone is the, is the collective shadow, the individual shadow. Everything that is shown, the masks included, is the false self that we've projected. The separation from people is... How many times have we been separate? How many times have we walked down a street and ignored everyone on that street? Now we don't get the chance. How many times have we been at home and not been present with who we've been at home with? All of these things are just a reflection of the current, you know, the collective shadow and the names that's given to it, the matter. It's just the collective shadow. So when we integrate that, then we come to the world whole. Doesn't mean we don't have yeah, talent. That's the word I'm hearing when you're speaking, like whether it's ACDC, whether it's multidimensionality, realness. I think yes. we're in a beautiful time right now where unless you're fully yourself and being real, your days are numbered. Like whether you're an institution that's been around 100 years or not, unless right. you're real, unless you're in integrity, unless you're becoming more conscious, you're going to fizzle out in this new energy, in this new whatever it is. But it's speeding up. That's undeniable. And anyone like we, I, I know I was a chameleon. I was like, that's what the drink and the drugs and the cars and the, all the stuff and the things you buy was to try and fit in with a ideal or a, um, a product or, a, you know, to impress your friends or impress a girl or whatever it would be. That was all a product of try, of wearing masks, different masks. And the most <laughs> amazing thing that you get to when you get to this point is like, it takes effort to be who you're not. It's effortless to be who you are. It's not hard. It's not an, think about how many different personalities you try. Contradiction, right? Yeah. It's you got so your funny. One with your family, you're one with your work, you're one with when you're with your mates that, are, that don't like spirituality, the, one, the ones that are kind of anti-spirituality, all of these things, you know, you could add layer upon layer upon yeah. layer. Think about how much energy of your life force it takes to hold all these personalities you are yourself it's effortless but it's people some people say said to me many times when i was sharing things i would cry on a live and they're saying you're so brave or you're so i can't believe that you share that and i'm actually telling them it's actually the opposite it's so much harder to be all the false self that you know that takes so much energy to hold up all of these personas and all these masks that we did our whole life turning up and crying and making a mess of yourself and getting all snotty. That's easy. That's how I feel in the moment. And I don't have to think about it. And when I'm full out bliss and then flow and there's like just wisdom coming through me, then I, I can be that as well without judgment. So being yourself is easy. Being what we believed ourselves to be is hard. Yes.
and and learning how to be yourself again is a fucking journey. <laughs> That's, I love. I resonate with the name of your university. I had that come to me way back in Australia. Not that one, not that specific one, but when I was into network marketing, and all, I just I was kind of getting to the unlearning, and I was having a son and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, be uni. That's what we, we, we be uni. You, you just need to. That should be the university. It's like who the fuck are you? Like you know, it's it. crazy. And I see, I see this, I see this metaphor of popcorn. I keep seeing this metaphor of popcorn. Like no matter where you are in the world right now, there's pops, pop, 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 and it's just, it's just all the stuff that we couldn't see. Just and when we know that that's what's happening, we can allow it to just move on, move through, and let it all out. But what we do as the human condition, we keep grabbing that seed, and oh, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. Ah, oh. and then we're going to nearly keeping them and trying to push them back in, right? Where the pop just wants to keep happening, it wants to just explode and let it all out. And that comes in tears or that comes yeah. with, and there's the big piece as well. I think when you come to learning who you are and expressing yourself in all of your glory, not a lot of people are going to hang around. No, not a lot of the people who you come up with. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with them laughing now, but in the initial stages, that's kind of like, Oh, I, I, I could. And we watered ourselves down yeah. for the work colleague or for the non-spiritual friend or different things. And then the more we actually be ourselves, it's, it's, it's just one big contradiction life is a contradiction to me well but then the people who hang around are real they love you they accept you and it's longer lasting meaningful relationships and it happens like this absolutely it's absolutely. just like boom instant connection been through some stuff and then the more we talk the more we realize how much we have in common but that was it was there almost on first glance you know of course Dude, you just you just feel it you just feel it like we may as well be one person there's like just, we are one person but yeah. like the similarities in the expressions is so so clear and just, I just want to go back to something that you that you asked about and like speaking to, and this would be specifically to Irish men, if there's any Irish men listening to this, but it could be men from anywhere. But I just, like when I was going through all of those challenges when I was still living in Ireland and I hadn't moved out and I was having some of these experiences, I didn't talk to anyone. This is before, you know, kind of the, the opening that's happened now. Like I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't get any help. I didn't tell, when I started meditating, I didn't tell anyone, anyone, not a single person that I was doing it because I was afraid that they would judge because I was like so unbelievably like, um, like hidden about all of this stuff. So what I would say to anyone and like, because yeah, is like, don't think that you have to go it alone. Don't think that, you know, you have to keep up this like strong Irish man sort of thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm having trouble and I'm seeing it more and more, which I, I'm loving and I'm seeing some influential people like talking about it, um, that you don't have to go through it all alone ever, ever, ever. And you'll be amazed how open and how understanding and actually how people are going through the exact same thing, except just not always talked about, especially for men is to really just um, don't keep it in there. Maybe you get it out by going and doing mixed martial arts or boxing or something like that. It doesn't matter how you get it out, but don't don't let it stay in there and don't think that you have to go it alone. Like someone in a ring, in a boxing ring or mixed martial arts, they'll get they'll work through some of their stuff, but with another person, it's in the same way. If you're shadow boxing, it doesn't actually always work the same way. You need another to really pull the depth out of you. So. I would just say, you know, especially if you're hearing this and maybe some things are happening to you, you don't understand, maybe even down a load of pathways and nothing's worked like both of us did here is to, you know, reach out, be, you can still be private about it. That's the magic of social media and stuff, but 
I'm amazed, like what you talked about there. So many people fall away. That's guaranteed, it has to happen. But what I've found because of the magic of Facebook over the years, from time to time, I'll get messages from people from years ago <laughs> that would never listen to anything that I've said. But again, there's some, they'll just say, like just one example, I remember this, this um, girl from my past and she said to me, she never commented or never contacted or anything, but she said, I watched one of your videos one time and because of that, I've quit my job and I'm going to do the job that I love. So like, that's not like the kind of stuff that I would talk about, kind of indirectly as, but that was amazing to me because the stuff I'm talking about, it doesn't matter the content, there was a frequency, there was something. And to hear that, that like, was amazing to me that yep. was like wow i was so yeah you know so they'll come around if maybe but you're not doing it because of that you're doing it to express yourself as you are i love that and it's a, it's a hot topic at the moment i'm seeing of a few buddies that i've seen recently coming out and speaking to mental health for men in a way that i was uh, humbled by because i forget to mention what you just said there how alone it can feel how 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 you're the weirdo or who meditates or it's this secret like it's just it doesn't it doesn't compute anymore like how we can be so far away from reality sometimes but when you're in it it's a it's a it's a great point and i seen a friend of mine shared the other day that everybody says i'm at the end of a phone you know if you need me i'm at the end of a phone but how many have the capacity to sit at the end of a phone and just fucking listen this fixer, we always want to fix it. We go, don't, don't, no, don't worry about that. No, I am worried about that. Like it's keeping me awake or I'm like bursting into tears watching EastEnders for no reason because there's so much grief inside of me. Or there's so much of the sea. It's popping, popping, popping. And even with the boxing, you can hit a pillow, but it's just bringing it conscious, right? It's just, it's bringing it conscious so that the rage can be, you're with the rage, you're with the, the sadness, the loneliness, the fear. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you know that it's okay because you're accepting it because how can we not accept something that's happening in our body, right? I love that with the, with the box and stuff. I just feel like the word conscious, like making our, because it's all okay. It's it's not ideal or okay to rage on somebody else that didn't deserve it in traffic or your dog or your whatever. But if we can just bring it conscious and just have a four step to actually accept what's alive for us in this moment, no matter what that is. I feel that's a very potent point under some. Yeah, and what, what you shared there is so important about the body. That's one pathway, specifically, again, I think to men, but women, women as well, yeah. is like maybe like exercise, phys- you know, physicality, like doing that is such a good way because it doesn't have to be spiritual or yes. especially if there's like a kind of an ideal of what that was, which I would have had. Like you mentioned the word God to me. It's amazing because I grew up again, like God, there was the Catholic God and the Protestant God and the, and they, and they fought, they fought each other and they killed each other. And, you know, so God was like, really, it was like, you mentioned that word. I ran the other way. Um, and I use it like, it, it's like, cause it's, it's I'm really the same. I, I want to preface that. I'm the same. I think, and I think you heard me saying that, like I say intelligence, it's because it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I come from a very logical point of view with a lot of this stuff. Like if, like what you just said, if, that God is what it says, then it doesn't fucking fight. So these are their gods. So. <laughs> but when you're in that, like, I, yeah, I, no, I, hear you. I, I, love it. I was like, I'm amazed. I am amazed at the, like, whenever I stepped out of that, going to straight, like when I seen how brainwashed you can be, I can, like, I can give you an example. Like you're, I, you're completely desensitized to death and violence. That's what I can say. I remember that. And I can remember, 
because I was born Catholic, if if there was, because it was always this, um, they sh they shot this person. Now in retaliation, they shot this person. They planted this bomb. So in retaliation, this bomb. I remember uh, you're so brainwashed and you're so in that thing that I would have a different response to this person getting killed and this person getting killed and have a righteousness or a like a oh yeah no they did they got killed because they did that. It was like it was normal. It was completely normal. And that was not normal, but it was that normal. Um, and, and I look at it now, it's just like amazing how, and again, that was media, this is way, of course, before social media, but news constantly every day, that's all it talked about. And that's all the, your, your politics was like, it's different in the South, but it's still, it's still part of it. Like, it's just like you're one side or the other. Um, and your school is one side or the other. Your church is one side or the other or none. Um, it's, it's amazing how, so you can imagine what it's like now for people, which is, this is a whole nother level where it's just a continuous bombardment of everybody. You don't even have a side now. It's like everybody is being separated from everybody. It's like so everything. Yes, everybody and everything. And you're afraid of everyone and everything. That's the kind of narrative around it. But again, on the highest level, I would be, it's amazing. That's It's to come back to self-empowerment, to come back to recognize within ourselves. But it's easy to say when you've stepped out of that. So you have to have compassion for someone. That I have compassion for anyone because I recognize myself as how brainwashed I was. Yes. And not, not by any influence of my family or... Uh, is just the environment that I was in. So it's it's physics, man, isn't it? Like, it's physics. It's how we're perceiving the world based off what's been planted in there. That's what gives me, and it's the same thing. We understand at all stages of the journey because we've popped out of that limitation. And, and not that we popped out of all of them, but when you pop out of a level of fear or when you pop out of a level of depression or despair or that sectarianism, if that's the right word, isn't it? Yes. Then you can understand how we are. Like, I, I can... I, I, I hated Protestants coming up through school, quote unquote. I didn't hate anybody, right? But that was bred into me because I listened to the Wolf Tones and I sang the She Being songs and I'm going out to play in the GAA and I'm Fields of Atten Roy. And that was associated with fuck the Brits. Yeah. Right? And anybody that had anything got to do with that. Yeah. Until I got to Australia and then I'm walking alongside someone who, who was a pure geezer, but he was a gentleman. And it's over time, I'm, I'm like, this fella's cool. There's no difference between me and him. And I didn't led to believe that I hate him because of his accent. And then the same happened when I met Protestants from Belfast and Derry and different stuff. I'm like, this is nuts. And the beautiful thing about it is our, our generation know that it's nuts. And there's no, but it probably still happens, right? Because I'm, I'm ignorant yeah, to it, yeah. right? up there. But with the Protestants that I met, very good friends of mine still to this day. I was only talking to one of them last month. Haven't seen him in four years. We only spent about three months together. But he was a gentleman, you know, and he was a pure, what I would like, in LA, I think. You know, that's what his family was, his background was, where we used to say awful things about those guys. I didn't even know them or what they really stood for. I was, I was so ignorant. But yet I had all of this perceived uh, antagonism or hatred towards. It's very funny how that happens and plays it's out. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And that is exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant about when I went to Australia. I didn't go into it, but you've just elaborated. That was exactly what it was. I started meeting um, British people. And then <laughs> the next level was starting meet, meeting uh, Northern Irish Protestants in Australia. And that was amazing because that was the deepest That was the deepest thing when you lived there. Uh, and that was exactly the same for me. Again, consciousness open. And like, but yes. how strong, like, how strong is that programming to hate someone 
for you don't know why why you don't even know why yeah but there's there's no question of that when you're when you're in that like i there's no yes. question. It's just that's the way it is it's just that that's the way it is and i grew up like and it's reinforced every weekend in the pub singing the ballads. It's reinforced everywhere in your area. It's reinforced everywhere you go. It's only when you come out with it that it's you know, totally. all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, like, you have to think for yourself. <laughs> like culturally, like like I was just outside Derry, so my my dad was there on Bloody Sunday, and you know all of that stuff is very close. But it's just you know, and he he didn't like influence me in in those ways or any words, which he you know he watched people get like in front of him like they're. Wow. And, if a gun, if a gun didn't jam, he would have been dead while playing pool in a in a uh, in a bar. Uh, he wow. was just playing pool in a bar, and the guys came in. And if the gun didn't jam, he'd he I wouldn't be here. Um, so he had every right to kind of like, yes. um, but he, they didn't. He didn't push that on me, and my parents didn't push that on me. Um, but that was still ingrained in the culture and the news and the the whole I love thing. What you're saying. Yeah. So if you know, we take this into today. Like, you know, for the people that want to wake people up, like, just because you can see something in another camp, on the highest level, firstly, you don't know what a soul is here to experience. And every soul is playing a role that is perfect, including the ones that do in the complete opposite to you and what you think is wrong. And especially the ones that you think are evil and bad, they are souls playing a role by agreement for us. But if you come to the human level, you know, you have to understand that you can't see what, or you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And I'm amazed at times that how how amazing consciousness is that you can literally not see something that's right in front of you. And still now, still now, I've I've had until you're ready. Yeah, I know it's hilarious. And when it's so funny, (laughs) then we think, then we think, I'm going to tell someone this is the way it is, and you and you're going to listen. You just need to see like me. It's it's laughable and especially laughable whenever it's <laughs> supposed to be conscious or we woke up to something, you know? Come on. Yes, yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> but it I get is. that I get it and I get and I understand it and I, I feel feel it myself because we all want the same thing. Everyone, including the people we think are the the monsters and the evil, everyone at their core wants the same thing and they want to be happy and they want to feel love and they want to feel connection. those are playing the roles think that maybe control manipulation will bring them happiness those that are playing another role will think you know this is going to make me happy love is at the source of everything this is going to be controversial no one not many people love is at the source of every act at the core of it and the desire for love the desire for happiness the expression of that is going to be very different some people want the whole country to go into O'Connell Street and shout and scream at placards, but they're really coming from a place of well-meaning and coming from a place of love for their culture, love for their country. Yes. And and and, and they don't want to see any more deceit. They don't want to see any more smoke being blown up their people or parents' ass. So yeah. it's totally, and I've got so much compassion there. I really, really, really do. And I just, I feel that my role and your role is to just continue to keep doing this work to raise our own frequency and embody more all the time. And then yeah. inspire anyone that we come in contact with or piss them off and, you know, trigger them or whatever it is, but it's you like, there's no, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you make a good point. Cause I like to say, like, there is a place for that. There is yes. 100% a place for that. If you think about the greatest, the most powerful um, in, in our recent history, the most powerful army in the world was defeated by a little man in a white robe in India that 
created a belief system of nonviolence and that all of these Indian people followed and they defeated the, the most powerful army in the world with nonviolence. They defeated them without fighting. Now, the reason that that works, and I would say the reason there's a place for that, there is a place for that, it has to be. Like, like there has to be the person on the checkout or you in the shop smiling. There has to be people on the front line. But if those people on the front line are coming from a place of woundedness, of unintegrated shadows, of fuck the police, of like, you know, all the things, like they're coming from that, they're adding to what they think they're fighting. But if we are integrated and that we could be we could be stood in the front of it, I say it's a challenge for me because as I told you, like that security guard, just one experience, tiny, minuscule compared to what other people are experiencing. But we, if we are completely embodied and integrated in our shadows, we could be on that f- front line. We could be there and we could be, you know, if it, if it was required, if it made sense, if it was a peaceful silent protest or whatnot, but it's, it's a very delicate, that's what you're emphasizing here, I think, is you're strengthening and energizing what yeah. you are saying you want to disappear. Yes. Uh, it's the consciousness that you come from. It's like you... Yep going into the shop or having the phone call and you take a breath and you go, you, you set, you set your, you know, your frequency before you go in. I'm going to go in here with happiness and open. Cause I know people are going to be like looking at me or whatever your intention. If your intention is to go to these places in solidarity for what is, what is true and what is, you know, what that's a different energy to go. I'm going to go and show these in there. I'm going to, uncut, you know, it's completely. And I'm going to tell energy. anybody to take their mask off. And I'm going to tell them, like, basically, you're just saying that that person's stupid and doesn't know what That's, they're doing or thinking. What, what are you getting? You're just getting more, more violence. And Gandhi convinced through his example, again, not by his words, by his example, non-violence. And they were met literally with violence and they did not offer violence and they defeated the most powerful army in the world. Incredible. I spent four hours in a cell, in and out of a cell, and getting a solicitor and dealing with five different, co- four cops and a sergeant, and it was a very interesting four hours because I just kept meditating when they put me in the little lockup, and I kept coming back out, and I completely always understood what he was trying to achieve as his role, what his job was, but I kept talking to him from what I'm here to do and what my job and role was, and it it was actually it ended up being a very interesting four hours. I wouldn't, it was, I won't get into the details of it, but I, I met them on the level of conscience. Like that's what Gandhi was doing in a way, talking to the conscious, talking to the altruistic essence of every human that wants to help and wants to be connected and feel that love and happiness. Because otherwise we hit the, the, the mental constructs or the, the sectarian upbringing or the, you know, they deserve, that country deserves this because of that. And it's all mental. Whereas I'm not claiming to be fully here yet, but I'm definitely that journey has been years of head to heart and the courage that's actually required to live from there. And I don't always have, like, sometimes I'm, I'm avoid, I didn't go to the shop today. I was out and I was going to get something and I just, I didn't feel energized enough to go in with no mask on. Mm. I've got over it. Am I doing that just because probably I want to get to the end of this and say, I never wore a mask. I feel it's so much bigger than that. Yes. I feel it's actually a case of if I, if I submit to that, what am I, what am I actually saying yes to? So in my, in my opinion, Absolutely. People can have different opinions here, but I don't think there's anything that can be got through the airwaves. Absolutely. You know, we won't get into any of that other mad stuff, but for me and my research, like my immune system is bulletproof and we need human connection and we need to smile and we need to feel enthusiastic and expansive more than we do afraid of how many cases have been counted today, right? 
course, of course. <laughs> it's I, mean, TV, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's probably, yeah, I haven't had a TV for six, seven years. I don't know how long, a long time in it. Um, so that, that was one of the first things that, that, that came to me because like, cause it was such a influence. It's just such an influence for any, everyone, but particularly the, the kind of Northern Ireland thing that, that really stood out to me whenever I started having these experiences. Um, so another thing I'd like, I'd say to someone who's maybe feeling this intensity or feeling what we call, I, I I'm calling them love-ins now, but let, let, we'll use the term lockdown. Um, love-ins, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. But if anyone is thinking that they're being put upon or they're in a terrible situation, I'd invite them to read either Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. You triggered it by something you said there because he was in the concentration camps and he somehow befriended the Nazi. Like if you read the book, it's just incredible. He befriended the Nazi um, soldiers uh, as a Jew in the concentration camp. Incredible, incredible story. And if you see and read what he did and how he did it and then the next one which is even more i feel because it's much more recent um her name's always hard to pronounce but i always i, I have to I have to try it it's immaculate and she was in the rwandan genocide and if you hear her story it is just incredible so she the rwandan genocide one day they woke up and the Tutsis, and I can't remember the other um, group, the Tutsis and whatever the other one, she was one or the other, and overnight someone was killed, and then there's a mass genocide, and they're going to kill all of her side. Um, basically, her whole family got killed, um, but her and six other women escaped to this priest's house, and they, they're put into this tiny, tiny bathroom, not like a bathroom, like a toilet, and they're in this space for three months together in this one bathroom and multiple times all of these people are coming and it's like it's like a northern Ireland thing only much more extreme like people she went to school with uh, are coming with machetes and they killed her whole family and they're coming to kill her or anyone like her from the tutsi or the the, the other tribe and they are kept in this bathroom for their own safety covered over and people had come and um within that bathroom with six other women, like this, a tiny space where they couldn't do anything, they couldn't speak. Um, she, uh, I think she, what it was, she saw someone from her school and she knew he was coming to kill her. And I think actually they kind of had an idea that, that she was still there because they knew they hadn't killed her. They mentioned her name or something. And she found that like whenever she had the anger stuck in this tiny bathroom, she experienced the anger and the, you know, the, that he would come to kill, kill her um, and actually in that place, in that bathroom, she found forgiveness and freedom for these people. And she was liberated. She was liberated inside this bathroom with six women, three months with a cupboard in front of the door, nearly killed. And then, so eventually it, it ended um, the, that whatever you want to call it, um, uh, mass genocide ended. And her father's friend was a prison warden. And he, so her whole family was killed. And the guy that killed her whole family was someone that she knew, I think, but the prison warden was a friend of her father's. And then she, he gave her an opportunity to go and see the guy. But what she, he wanted her to do was to go in and like they would hope he could, she could do anything, beat him. No. And what she did, she went in and she forgave that man that killed her whole oh. family. Yeah. Wow. It's the first time I've got through that without tearing up as well. It's like, I mean, isn't the right to work that they've done? Because... 
I just so immaculate so if anyone thinks they're on lockdown and they think that their life is challenging just to get perspective on what humans have went through and come out like unbelievably um, more powerfully um, man's search for meaning Victor Frankl and the story of immaculate I recommend powerful man I feel that so strongly and it's like just the karmic whatever whatever happens when you leave the planet and all the different energy energetic aspects to that and and the broad view of everything is perfect that to me is like the true hero you know and even i think it was nelson mandela i'm not really great with history but it was him that was always a free man even though he was in prison right absolutely Could the body the body was in prison the the heart can never be in prison unless we yeah. allow it to be yeah yeah Take me to take me to Portugal and your son specifically. I'd love to know how fatherhood was for you. My God, I, I see the boy. I see the, I see the magic. I see the the next generation. Like we're in good hands with the children. I'm, I'm lit up. My God, with that thought. It's like we, you could do, we could do a whole series of episodes yeah. on that. But um, <laughs> um, unbelievable, like amazing, just amazing, like seriously amazing. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's definitely not easy because, <laughs> like you. I am a, like all of us, I am a work in progress, but this, he is a very advanced soul. There's no way, other way to say it. He's, he communicated with us before he was here. Um, he told us his name at five days old telepathically. There's so much of that stuff that we'll go into fully, but he, he's communicating with us continuously, but he is really here to, um, Firstly, for our family, is reflect directly and instantly anything that's out of alignment with us. M myself, and my wife, did we thought a lot of work before he came, and we had to do a lot of work even to conceive him, because none of us, neither of us, were ready to be parents, and we had to do so much shadow work, so much shadow integration work. It took, um, I don't know how long, but um, literally we, we consciously conceived him the, the night that we conceived. It was conscious. And we knew we knew it happened and we'd been doing very specific work to release so much trauma around sexual trauma, abuse trauma for both of us um, on that night. And then we consciously conceived him. My, I mean, literally, we were both had the experience of, of light conceiving him so he's two years old now and um just amazing but he continuously reflects everything that's out of alignment with us and now he's beginning to talk verbally as well so it's so much fun and um, but challenge big challenge as well and amazing gift but a massive challenge as well because you get to see like we did this role for each other myself and my wife we just come out into this countryside and we just decided well I don't know if we decided it just happened that we were just going to go into this deep process together where we were just going to work on each other like we're we had a soul agreement just to go to the depths go to the depths and just reflect and every day and we we're crying you know it wasn't a day that we weren't crying or something would come up we just years at least i think it's probably three years 2007 yeah nearly three years of that constantly every day and we would ask for a day off. And some days my wife would say, oh, we need a day off from this. And I'd say, oh, okay. And then what would happen is you get a day off and then it comes threefold the next day or so. But yeah. uh, just the path, but yeah, amazing. Just amazing. And just every day is like incredible.
incredibly beautiful and incredibly challenging. So I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say like I'm, I'm anyway a perfect father because I am far from it. It shows me all of my weaknesses, shows me all of my impatience, but I am getting so much better, so much, uh, like I learned so much from him. And it's like literal, like precise and <laughs> clear lessons. And sometimes you see them, sometimes you don't, but it's amazing. Wouldn't change it for the world. No, I love that. I don't want to touch on that point of learning from them. Not that anybody's wrong for 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 wanting to learn their kids this, that, or the other. I just it's a perspective that I learned myself because I had my first son as I was on learning, and I was in Australia, so I hadn't got aunties and uncles and nannies and granddads all around me. So I got to just witness this baby that came from wherever we come from. I don't know. But I was in the unlearning process, so I was so open and engaged with like just seeing how he does everything for the first time. Wow. And it was so powerful. So even the way he went to get something off a shelf in a, in a shop one day, and then it's like, no, we need money for this. And I just I was just watching so closely, not by choice. It was just the way I was worded. I was just seeing so closely how we start to put layers on, how, how the beliefs start to pour on. So a lot of time I'd say, I don't know, a great question. Because... And no one's doing, the, everybody's doing their best too. Like I often say, you get more with a fucking table from Ikea with regards to what to do. <laughs> Le- leaving a hospital with a baby, right? Like you can go to these classes and the other, like I've learned so much from how the system is broken. I learned more about what you don't do based off what they told us and put us through. Baby number three, three totally different experiences and developed so much instinct in that because the perceived DR or the perceived Wico, you know, you have this perception that they know everything and they actually know fuck all really. When it comes to actual energetics or how life works, it's more memory and, and analysis. But I didn't, I, this is hindsight looking back, but that's a key piece, I think, where these guys are so bulletproof, they're so strong, and we're so quick as a generation, it's kind of a generalization, but we're so quick to kind of say, even down to this is your toto, this is yellow, this is your hand, this is your thing, and we just, we're giving them so much. Whereas when I kind of take the pressure off, might me having to learn them something and just open up to what they can teach me it's it's again an everyday experience and my son is now seven so the five-year-old and the three-year-old i've got good context with them but now he's seven and it's always something new he keeps challenging me with a new because now he's like getting stronger and he's like bigger and he's like got different intelligence now his brain is starting to operate differently he's a better manipulator and i use that word he's good at what he does he's a great salesman but it's big you really get to see how intelligent these little youngsters mm-hmm. are at every yeah. level and how quick they can adapt to get yeah. their needs met so so powerful stuff amazing amazing uh, yeah i don't know what what what'll be in store for me <laughs> <laughs> but like like you again such a similarity we came away to portugal uh, my wife's from brazil i'm obviously from ireland um so we came here not knowing anyone so we have not none of like like what you would just just happens in ireland like my my that once that town i live in ireland all of my family's still there all of the cousins they're they're all still there they're all still there and they're all like you know everyone and everyone knows everyone and everyone's family and there's a big like kind of so we completely stepped away from that and i know i do know why as well um but he's completely out of any sort of uh, system as well he was born at home in our bedroom nice. um, he's never seen a doctor in his life uh, nice. other than my friend who's a doctor that came to visit us the opposite the opposite way around nice. um, he's he's not in the old system at all he doesn't That's have any, 
that yeah. and that's what's needed because yeah. we know how many years uh, it takes to extricate yourself from that system but like you said our ancestors they paved the road and they did what they did in the consciousness that they were perfectly to set the stage for us and you're setting the stage for your children and they're setting the stage for who you're to come next and the consciousness is growing each time but um yeah it's amazing it's all perfect because we we got to witness so when my daughter was born at three months we came home from australia so two of them were born in perth and then we came home and it's not a judgment on any nannies and granddads here it's not a judgment on anyone people might hear this and think oh jesus it's not that at all it's actually just the contrast of what we are all born as because we were all that baby at one point and nobody's doing nobody's doing any ill intent definitely not consciously anyway like so whatever no, no one's wrong here i want to make that clear but you just get to see the contrast of how natural and organic babies are and how quick as a society we want to rush them to grow up and so many different things that we want to do we want to rush on them or we want to bite our love through sweets or all these different things that for so long i took it so personal because i just couldn't compute how that had got my hardest thing to swallow was how that became so normal how a supermarket shop is set up to appeal to the eyes of a child baffling to me that that ever got to be allowed like how parents ever let that be you know all the different just even that one scenario of bringing a child around the shop, it's mind-blowing the conversations that have to take place there for the kid, because the kid's a kid in the, a kid in the, in the sweet shop. That's an expression. They are attracted to shiny objects. They're, they're appreciating the newness, yeah. but the conversations, I used to just get more pissed off with the conversations I used to have with, the, with, with them in the way things are set up. So I completely yeah. commend you being out there in the countryside and just... It's just amazing. living a natural as you can life and being open to whatever comes with that you know because i love that you're not claiming on any level to have it figured out and you're totally open to oh the same what when they're tortured what if i have another one you know and it's all these things like i don't actually know but i'll show up and stay in the room i'll give it my best at every given That's moment it. and my it. best is going to look different on different days of the week any anyone that <laughs> comes on in these sorts of things and says they've got it work they've got it all worked out and they've got all the answers <laughs> I'm going to tell you to pick up your bags, turn around and run the fuck yeah. out of that room. I'm just going to tell you yeah. because I've seen, I've seen it and I've seen so many teachers. And again, this, this is not judgment. This is by design. I've seen many teachers and I've seen a certain persona and certain things that they put out there. And then I've met them in person or I've met them in a more private way or more intimate way. And there's so much stuff that they don't share publicly. And this is what we do. We'll just lay it all out there. Cause it's so much, so much easier. You don't have to think about what you're saying. Just blah, whatever's coming out. Yeah. It's coming out. Yeah. And there hasn't been a single one. And I am talking about enlightened masters where I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen a chink. And I want to say that this is not a judgment. And I want to say that this is, this is perfectly by design. Because if there was to be a being, we know, we know, we see, look at human history. If there was to be a being that was just complete, perfect love, what would happen? Humans, they'd get down on their knees and they'd bow to them and they make them a god. So there can't be a being that is like that. So again, it's not a judgment of those, those beings. I know that's perfect because we'll just be on our knees and it's like, you know, when our friends from the start, like people want the disclosure, when, if our friends from the stars came in their, um, you know, their consciousness based um, craft and came down here and the consciousness, what would happen now? First, either they try and blow them out of the sky or the second part, they'll get down and worship them. And people call them for that are in, in that way. They think like, I'm going to, 
uh, we need disclosure. Disclose yourself. Be who you are. Be yourself, and then disclosure will happen. But you're not going to be like worshiping these beings from from the sky, <laughs> like you could see it in the old religions and stuff like that. It was that was what was essence. they made gods of them. So if someone is portraying the absolute perfection, whether that's in personal development or spirituality, and they're that's all you see of them, I would that was about you shouldn't run the other way because. But what I would say is just look closely and just discern discern i mean that's that can be healthy the ideal the ideal of reaching for our highest potential is beautiful but the fact that someone is in a human body in perfection and doesn't make any mistakes and doesn't and is photoshopped and has you know they they always have the right answer and they never talk about any times they fucked up to me that just there's just something doesn't ring true with the human experience I can be. I could be proved wrong on that. I've just. I think it's not authentic. I think what I'm yeah. hearing is like it's just not. It's not realistic to say like because and it gets back to that bypassing. There are no weeds. There are no weeds. There are no weeds. There are no weeds. No, there's definitely fucking weeds. There is <laughs> definitely, and I've seen it and I've experienced it. and I've dropped into deep places, and even this space is beautiful. But then the dog pisses on the floor. What do you do? How do you react? Or the child drops a plate. What do you do? How do you react? And we definitely don't always get it perfect. And it's always a lesson. Every day is a school day. And that's what I'm drilling into the kids at the moment. It's like every day is a school day. We're on earth school. Every day is a school day. And it's like, I'm not getting caught up in all this structure of homeschooling and this or that or the other. Like, I just want to do my best now to actually, as much as I can, keep them away from nonsense. And then they do bring they're, me, they're good, yeah. They do bring me some decent questions, or there's a lot of police presence around the place, and I'm having different conversations depending on the guard. And sometimes Mammy might tell a little porky, you know, she might say she's going here. It's like, Mammy, why didn't you tell us? It's like all these conversations that's coming around, they're so innocent and pure, they're so testing. Um, and you lose your shit. You're like, kids, please stop asking me questions just for a minute, you know. <laughs> but it's like we're all human. It's it's so powerful, and I just feel that we're in we're in good hands, and there's always going to be a shadow aspect, okay. and that's beautiful because that's where we excavate okay. and bring more of ourselves home. What I'm doing a lot of, I'm studying a little bit of by listening to audiobooks on the subject, and I'm finding it being spoken about everywhere right now is soul retrieval. Mm. or bringing more parts of the spirit back or allowing more light in it can be watered in different ways mm. but it's kind of the same essence of that i always bring it was of being in your power empowerment like not you I see you saying that as well playing on the words like empowerment not covering your mind no one else covering your mind like being in power in your mentality in your whole energetics and yeah. it, it's just marrying that, that that's that's it and then to add to that for anyone who's going to come in on this it's, it's, it's bringing in that consciousness which i feel like i nearly always had access to not always conscious of it but i had this higher guidance guiding me and then i have these animal instincts that play out in some unconscious ways and in the past it was with women and you know different different aspects in there but but actually dropping into here meeting the animal human nature of me warts and all and the consciousness that wants to stream through and then the art the heart being the alchemist i think that's it and then being open to life and then there's different things, whether it's the dog, whether it's the kid, whether it's the traffic that trigger different aspects of us. That's when we're actually allowing more of our true self to be embodied because we're taking the lesson, we're taking the goal. So in that sense, not that it's enjoyable, but it's just like even our hardest days can have some gold in it, Absolutely. which is what you just went through, right? The last few days, hard, yes. hard few days, but oh, yeah. 
found some lessons or embodied more or have more understanding for your work and how you can understand other people and have who have different perceptions like so it's always relevant absolutely like anyone could like even if they're not can really on this path or they're just dipping their toes in that can look at this is what i what i love and i think where we share is like direct experience anyone can look back in their life and this is what i was talking about earlier and look at things that at one point of your life it was the worst nightmare and actually it turned out to be the greatest blessing one time at the time i was like it was horrible this is the worst things ever happened to me i can't believe it or i'm a victim or this person did this or that happened or whatever and people can actually look to their direct experience and if they really look at it really look at it without the judgment without the story um and actually see actually that took me in a completely different direction that relationship ended and i went in a complete opposite direction or that person pissed me off so much. I had to do this and this and this. And then that led to this and this. And then something, you know, there's there's gold in everything. There's yeah. treasure in every trauma. There's gold in every experience that we've had. It's just excavating it, like you said. And it's the attachment to the identity, right? So let's say you lost a job and you were making this and you were this level and, that, and that's what your career was. Or you were in this circle with this woman or this man. And then that goes. It's actually the attachment to that identity. Exactly. that we can kind of cling to and it's exactly. a beautiful it's i've just I've really i'm giving myself a compliment here but i've got good at letting go and okay johnny you don't actually have the next 10 steps right and if you're going through a hard time and you want to stay in bed for three days and that's what's relevant for you right now it's okay and then it's only true experience where you go to them darker places or them con- contracting places that you pop out because of contraction expansion it's natural and that's what we can going to be afraid of what we're going to lose. And we don't even want to think about what we're going to gain because it's too sore in the moment or it's too uncomfortable in the moment. Yeah. But really, I think this is why this language helps because I didn't have this language. No. Back in the day when you're going through this stuff, it's like, it's like can't, can't see the light at the end of the tunnel was a, was a phrase I used a lot. Whereas that's when I have the language for something, even a plant medicine experience, because I've got some language and I have developed myself in a mindset uh, way, it's easier to let go. It gets easier to surrender. It gets easier to relax and trust and accept. Like, yeah. Like in the last, last week, I could say I experienced the low, like a, like the lowest low of depression. Like I experienced when I was like a semi-alcoholic taking like every substance I could get into my, my, and had, didn't know any of this stuff. And I woke up one day in a state of absolute ecstasy and bliss with no uh nothing happened no not not doing breath work not doing some epic meditation i was in a state of absolute ecstatic bliss all in this week (laughs) so it's not like this is like um everything's like what no but like you it's there's the low you get higher lows you get higher lows and higher highs that but but that's only the human experience the awareness that is aware of the higher lows and the higher highs and the lower lows and the lower highs, that's what doesn't change. And that's what unites us. Mm. And we can, and again, our direct experience, we can look to our direct experience. This is not spiritual. This is not religious. You can look to your direct experience that there is a part of you that is aware when you were at your lowest low, there's a part of you that was aware that knows when you're at your highest high. And there's a part of you that is aware of everything in between. How do you know? Because you're able to tell that story. So there has to be a part of you. 
this is, again, this is not spirit. You don't have to be spiritual. There's, you can see that there's something that is aware of all that stuff that's happening and that doesn't change. And it's, and it can't be something that's separate from you because it's still here. The depression was something I experienced. The bliss was something I experienced. The awareness is something I am and I can directly experience that now. Anyone listen to this now can just close your eyes and just connect with that. There is something that is aware. There's something that is aware of these words. There's something that is aware of what is happening here. And for something to be aware of something else, it can't be that which it is aware of. So I am not my depression. I am that which is aware of the experience of depression. On the other side, I am not the experience of bliss, of ecstasy, of fulfillment or whatever. I am the awareness that is aware of the experience of that. And that is my direct experience every moment. And I can't have any experience that's outside of that. Try and imagine an experience that can happen outside consciousness. Try and find or find in your experience something that happened that can happen that doesn't involve consciousness or awareness. You can't find it because the awareness is present. And if it wasn't, there wouldn't be an experience. So there's something that's always here and that's inherently peaceful. That's inherently not attached or not identified with the story, Martin, Johnny, Mary, Lisa, whatever the story of the job, the story of the relationship. There, for you to tell your story, there has to be something that was aware of the story. And it can't be the story or else it couldn't talk about it. It has to be something that was seen. So I didn't think we would get there. No, I, I was I was kind of feeling, make that real as you were starting that and then, I, and then you just made it real. It's like, you know, you said close your eyes. You've done it. You've done it so perfectly. Like that's. I feel like we can nearly close on this because it's such a powerful, powerful. Like I would write that down. You know, put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Like, you know, bring the example back again. Like, am I this depression? Am I this fear? Or am I the awareness that's aware of this fear? And that little unhook, that little your body will probably drop back. That little, little. It's actually very, very, very powerful. Yes. thing to be to be to be remembering or to be developing a relationship with right like that and and that single breath like this is this is potent to me because the mindset or the old mindset might say a conscious breath before they get out of the car mm. and i can't see the benefit of 12 months of that or the compounding of 12 months of that or the simple am i this feeling of and I love the way you bring in bliss with fear. Cause when I give that example, yes. I kind of tend to talk to the tension. Am I this tension in my body or am I the awareness that's aware of this tension? And it just unhooks you. It, it breaks you free. So that is a beautiful um, distinction. It's so powerful. It's, it's, it's the core. Like I love, I find these conversations. They just keep getting to the core of things and, and, and how simple life gets to be definitely not easy to implement. Right. Of course, we just, we just described that. We just described that's what we spent the whole time talking about. <laughs> yeah, so it's simple at its core, and life gets to be easy. Life gets to be exciting, even with 
what's perceived or we what we would have called depression we now look as a growth period or a growth a growing day or a you know i need to hibernate or whatever we got different language for it now which is powerful yeah i feel that's a good i think that's a good end to the to the show beautiful i've loved it i've loved it thank you so much for for asking me thank you so much for the connection thank you so much for the reflection which is literally even more than i well i should i didn't have expectations but there's so many things like it's just like direct i love that i feel it back, like i know it's really so and i encourage people to, to look at that look at how life is showing you reflecting back at you the man in the mirror the woman in the mirror it's literally reflecting back to you if you just see that it's always showing you parts of yourself because there's only one of us here and that direct path of what we just shared there that's what i like i like simplicity I like something that's direct experience. That's not, that's not a philosophy. That's not a belief system, what we just shared yeah. there. Yeah. Everyone from Hitler to the person in the shop to the most evil person that has ever lived to the most spiritual person that has ever lived, when they close their eyes and they look at their experience, the same witness or the same awareness is aware of their experience. What separates us is the judgments, is the expressions of that. And that's direct experience. You don't have to believe that. You, you can experience it. Prove us right or prove us wrong. Yeah. Prove it that's yourself. That's it. Like, yeah, that's it. Try it. Adapt it. Yeah. Before you go, Martin, where can people find you? What's the, um, the, the university or what have you got coming up or whatever you would like to share? I'll put it in the show notes, but just... I'd like um, to get an audio like you like you <laughs> i haven't got a clue at the moment the whole of 2020 yeah, <laughs> 2019 2019 i was like I, I i did so much i was just given all of this stuff i um was guided to create this uh, mystery school and i had like 150 people from all around the world over the whole year of 2019 doing this mystery school did light worker uh, launch pad all of these things then 2020 uh, like the rest of the world, I had just had to come back to zero. And still now, I'm still, I don't know what's going on, but I, um, I just, every moment, every moment, I'm just following, following what comes. I, so I'm most active on Facebook. I, do, I like to do live. So lots of Facebook lives, but I've got, there's got a YouTube channel, although my YouTube channel got blocked there recently. I don't know. Nice. Some stupid reason. I like that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um so i'm not like i'm not on there but uh yeah facebook uh, under mark mcnichol markmcnichol.com at the moment i do i'm doing a um so a, a community an online community where we do weekly calls and i do so i'm channeling i do we do breath work we do dance parties um so you can see that's called the higher self inner community we do that so that's just once weekly um, and I'm just, I'm just waiting. I wait. I don't dis- make decisions. I just wait for instructions. <laughs> so I'm guided. Okay. When I'm guided, okay. I, I follow it. So nice. at the moment, that's the only thing that's going on. I do private sessions as well. That's what's going to uh, say. Do you do one-on-ones? Yeah, I do private sessions. And I've been like doing everything online long before everyone else was doing this thing. Like it wasn't a big change for me <laughs> moving yeah. on to Zoom and all that. I was doing that for, uh, for some time. Um, so yeah, I do private sessions as well. Um, and that could be anything like I, I struggle to even say what I do because I don't know what I do I just it depends on who the person is she can I see can I land this way because it's not gonna land this for you but just mindset and energetics right most problems if not all are mental mm-hmm. and everything is energy so when you understand mindset and when you understand energetics 
so much as possible almost anything as possible and right. even through a screen time and space disappears because we can connect through the screen you can you can enhance and you can create psychic surgery you can open up channeling you can ask the questions whatever needs to come true so if you're feeling the call to work with martin that's that's what because i find a lot of us in this space sometimes like what do i do i don't know i don't fit into a box i can't put it in one sentence i'm kind of like when you understand energy consciousness frequency vibration you know for yourself you know when you've done so much work on yourself and you're such integrated and embodied in that and magic can happen so it's like this people who come to you are on some level understanding that magic is going to happen and it's not linear it's not a b c d all the way to z you can go a to l to, you know and you can jump steps you can Absolutely. yeah that excites me i'm really i'm really loving this maybe we'll do a workshop together we'll see if, what the response is yes there. in maybe person we'll in person we are, i already feel we've got to do it we've got to do it in person in the okay, emerald yeah. Bank. whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> i can feel it i can feel it yeah i i put Epic. on the website i had so many different names on the website and i eventually just landed on i am and i'm not going to put anything else ever again it's i am so that's that's my description i am nothing else epic stuff <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Martin.